for Ready, Set, Real Estate, another phenomenal and powerful episode. And I actually am beyond, you hear me always say beyond excited, but today is a definitely exciting time for me to bring on my next guest. And I'm really excited and really honored to introduce to you Butch Charles Grimes. You may have heard me say this from some time. You may have seen me tag him at times, uh, but it is with such great honor that I get to introduce to you all our real estate broker, actually, of Team Equity LA, our boutique firm in Inglewood. He is a seasoned real estate broker with more than 32 years of experience, definitely precedes me in the real estate industry who specializes in probate, conservatorships, trust, receiverships, and partition referee. Butch, welcome to the show. <laughs> How are you? I'm great, Lisa. How are you doing? Oh, fantastic. I, I asked with permission, y'all. I asked him because this man here has definitely have tight schedules. So I asked him how long we can kind of delve into the, the great mind of Mr. Grimes, because here's someone who is really dressed in terms of awards and accolades. And it is almost synchronistic for me in my growth to come from a, a place of learning and growing and doing a lot of the community work and see that he has done this. You know, and I get to to watch, learn and grow with him. And he has done so much. And I just want to share that with his vast experience and speaking abilities. He's done the national tours. Uh, he also is known as the he was a former statewide uh, real estate instructor for the Professional Real Realtor Institute. And this is a man that has trained and so he's known as the real estate educator. So we're going to get, we're going to learn today. <laughs> we're going to learn today. Butch, share with us where you're from. For those who are new to you and our listening audience, uh, we do have a listening audience on our radio podcast. And we just want to make sure that they get to uh, get connected with more about who you are and what you're doing. And um, I'm excited. South Central LA in the house. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a native of Los Angeles, which is very rare these days because so many folks are transplants from somebody else uh, somewhere else. And I'm a uh, native of, of Los Angeles. I grew up in Watts. Mm. Uh, most people don't know, especially the riots, the first riots. Mm. And, um, and you know, I I went to uh, I went to local schools. I went to the Catholic school. So I'm a Catholic school uh, product. Uh, and then I went to the University of Redlands uh, where I got my undergrad degree and played football and so on. And um, all my life, all my young life that I can remember as I was coming up, my grandparents and parents owned property. And basically I was always the little kid running around in the way watching them collect rent or fix on things and so on. And as I got up to a certain age, my grandparents and parents allowed me to start participating more, which drove me, really gave me that, um, 
that love for real estate and the desire to uh, to be a homeowner. Yeah. And which is so important. And I drive that 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 piece home to so many people because homeownership is so imperative and it really starts from a young age. And I know what you do. Uh, I'm very impressed and very honored to be here. Aww. But I'm also I'm also honored with the things that you're doing because our youth have to start early to understand what it takes from a financial literacy standpoint, but to also understand that to, to be a part of a community, to be somebody, you really have to own a piece of the rock. Mm, I, I That was so loaded and I, I'm already in. I, if you guys really, if you just tuned in, we're on with Broker, Butch Grimes, and we are going to be talking about a couple things. And I just want to make sure that way we get good audio. I'm going to do this that way. We correct feedback. Do I need to get? Do I need to get more makeup? Ready? makeup? <laughs> right. And then you are totally used to that because this, this guy. Where, where, where's the makeup? Can you get the makeup? <laughs> right. Right. And, 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 I was, and, and he definitely is very familiar with the speaking uh, and being on TV because he's been featured on Fox. He's been featured on various uh, media stations actually across this country. Uh, so this is not new to you. So I, this for me has been in the making and you have watched me grow it to where I am now. And there's tons of potential in growing more. So this for me, you guys, when I was like, hey, uh, can you, you know, would you be a guest on my show? <laughs> I was, I was honored because I have, I have watched you, uh, I have watched you put your plan together and you truly, um, you truly plan your day and work your plan. And, and I watch you manifest it mm. into something that, that will continue to grow for you as long as you want it to grow for yourself. Right. I received that. Thank you. I, especially coming from you. Because I, while I know his bio, y'all, this brother right here, <laughs> he is no joke. I'm talking about past, you know, past uh, state president and, and very involved in terms of community organization. And uh, I actually don't want to leave out the fact that you are founder of your own nonprofit, which is uh, UCAN, the Urban Community Access Network. I want to get that correct. And also, uh, who's going to take care of me, which we have been a part of, even as our team, as the agents is part of your team. And it's really great for me to just bring that collaboration between uh, the seniors and the elders and the youth community. So we definitely like to continue to support what you're doing because it's important when we're talking about that intergenerational conversation and the connection. So Alzheimer's and dementia outreach and education, which I really want you to touch on uh, towards later in the show. But let's talk about the, the, the nature of the business, real estate and I know, like, so shout out to, to uh, Victor Jackson, Ron Ward and the team. You know, you guys were known as the REO Kings. <laughs> um, REO Kings. I haven't heard that one before. That's, that one's a new one I got to write on the wall. <laughs> Are you kidding me? When I bring up your names, they call you the REO Kings. Like, oh, you over there with the REO Kings. I only so, normally Ron and Victor's name on bathroom walls. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, and, and that's so funny because that even speaks of just the nature of the relationship and the team that you have uh, with those who are connected with you. Um, Hugh Williams, definitely part of that. You know, you're, you're golfing for some. Yeah. So, yeah. And what I wanted to ask in terms of just the longevity, and I, this is one thing that resonated with me, even as I continue to grow in the business and have had my ups and downs that you know you know of, you've seen, is just my commitment to wanting to do this. And you've always said that the longevity is what speaks volumes. And share with us in terms of what that looks like for a real estate professional and some of, I guess, some traits and what it takes in order to grow in this industry and and be here for 32 years you know for me i want to see that like i looked at what 10 years might be for me and well, this is where i am <laughs> well, i guess i should say actually my bio probably is 
misstated. Actually, it's 35 years. Okay. Let's uh, let's get it right. <laughs> but, but I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know where the time went. Mm -hmm. All I remember is I was a little young black kid out here that wanted to own a home. And I, I was in a corporate job when I got out of school. Um, and when I came back home, I saved my money and uh, I did what I wanted to do. And mm -hmm. but I think the main thing is that when I think back on my journey through real estate, which it has been a journey, yeah. and it's been a lot of fun. I, yeah. I, think, I think the key is that I've enjoyed working with people. Okay. I love working with people, especially seniors. Mm. You know, because I guess I fashion it based on my mother, my grandparents. I had to be keen and a part and to watch over them as they watched over me. Right. Time on. And that's that's what energizes me every day to make sure I do the right thing. Yeah. So, one of the keys is doing the right thing is it's not so much being in the business for a long time, mm -hmm. but it's maintaining that reputation for doing the right thing for people. And it's not always about money. I always tell folks, money's a byproduct. Yes, you if do. you, do, you it, do it and if you enjoy it, money will come. But I think, you know, there are a lot of folks that make a lot of money and are very unhappy. I mean, look at Anthony Bourdain just recently right. killed himself, suicide. I mean, you would think he's successful. He's got a great show. He's making a lot of money, but he was unhappy. I'm not going that route. Right. I believe that you enjoy what you do. And if you don't enjoy it, get out of it and go. Mm. And it's not always about making a lot of money. You know, I mean, I've made lots I've lost lots, but I'm still here and I, I live a comfortable life. And I'm so glad you're sharing that perspective, especially when people are seeing this as an industry with risk and high reward, high risk, high reward. And oftentimes we see in this industry that it's kind of during the time of midlife crises, <laughs> you know, wanting to come into and I'm not making enough. I'm not where I am in my life and feel like it's going to be that that get rich quick type of thing. And we see and you share this, especially having sat on many boards and being very integral to the real estate conversations and I'll be political actions and movements and seeing how do we support growing agents? How do we support the industry and marrying that? You've been able to have that perspective of what you see come in and who leaves? Well, there's no get rich quick scheme and there's no fast money scheme. Right. The problem is, especially with I think the generation that we're in today, it kind of frustrates me because I'm an old school real estate broker. Okay. We grind, we, grind, we take people, we do people the way we want to be treated. Um, and the problem today is with technology, Folks are really disconnected. Mm. In the old, in the old days, we really had to communicate with each other to make those transactions happen. We had contracts that we had to sit down with somebody and have them sign. They were, they were not as long, mm. but we had to have that personal touch. The industry has become very impersonal. We have DocuSign. We have. Mm. The, distanced us from that good old hands shaking back slapping position that I think I came from. But the one thing I know, I don't care how much technology we inject. The one thing we always will need is that personal touch and that advice and that just being able to advise people and look them in the eye and know that you can trust them. Because like the Harris Trust Poll said, for real estate, we were number nine out of 10. Mm. Why? Doctors were number one, nurses were number two. We were number nine and stockbrokers beat us out. Wow. 
car salesmen were number 10 in trust, the least amount of trust. Mm. Why? Because folks don't take the time to build that relationship that I think that they should so that you can have a better transaction. I So in me, I want to scream because uh, for me, that's confirmation of keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. I definitely leverage technology. However, it even in our team, it's important that our lender partners or our vendors or whoever is actually connected with our clients. Um, I get that people can do business nationally and very far away. However, I what works for the longevity of our business is that my client feels that we provided the service. Right. And that we were connected. And so that's my personal definition. And I I am celebrating that it it mirrors what you're saying in terms of longevity, because I too, I, you know, as I'm moving and I'm growing, I, I'm paying attention to those who have been here for some time. And we get to learn how to merge my ideas into what the old school way of doing things. Well, but okay. your clients trust you. Yeah. Nobody's doing business with you because they just saw you online. <laughs> I know I know they, they I know technology and I know the industry and people hear about it on TV. There's somebody there's somebody attacking us, meaning attacking the industry. Yeah. Okay. Purple Brinks, mm. this company, that company, low, low commissions. I don't care if you don't charge anybody any money. The point is, if you don't do a good job and they don't trust you, there's no longevity in relationships. I think about the majority of my my folks that I do business with are people that come back to me through generations. I dealt with parents. I now deal with their kids. Yes. (laughs) Because they trust me. Right. Not because they found me online. And not because I gave them a 2% commission. Mm-hmm. You never went to a specialist that was going to operate on you and ask him to discount his rate, did you? Say if that. You <laughs> that yeah. part. And that's what kills me when I, when I see real estate brokers and agents bastardize themselves. Ooh. <laughs> We can't bastardize ourselves. We have to make sure, let people know we're professionals. That's right. I always tell folks, you want to deal with the PA or you want to deal with the doctor? Mm. I'm the doctor. I'm not the PA. So (laughs) tell me what you want to do. Absolutely. And this is what, in my own growth, we have been learning about treating your business like a business. Treating it as such, and that has been absolutely important that we continue to bring the value, right? Because again, like you said, our industry is constantly being attacked, and and why? I think because of the numbers. I know people like to use the word our, our business being highly saturated, um, and then not having a foundation of ethics even though we have organizations that wants us, that requires to be ethical and we have guidelines and practices, but when there's so many people out here ripping and running. (laughs) Yeah, but those organizations are profitable because we pay a fee. Mm. Okay. I mean, I'll get controversial. I have no problem with it. That's okay. It's not about, uh, you know, it's not about everybody wants us to be, we should be. Right. And we do have we have codes of ethics that we should follow. But, you know, I think about the downturn when the downturn came into the market. There were a lot of the organizations out here that struggled because so many people couldn't pay their fees. They ended up letting their license go. And when they let their license go, that means somebody was going to get hurt. Mm. in the long run. Right. Uh, but I guess the key is. You know, we should be ethical and we and we need a flushing out. There needs to be an enema in the business. Mm. <laughs> because, you know, this is the only business that folks think my brother, sister, uncle, cousin can go in and get a license. And now I'm a real estate professional. Mm-hmm. No, you're not, because 
we look at the amount of transactions that are so difficult today. And as I tell people all the time, real estate transactions aren't difficult. Real estate people make them difficult. Mm. And that is a great segue into my next question is we're talking about transaction because I shared uh, for those in the intro, uh, you specialize in probate, conservatorships, trust, receiverships, and partition referee. And share with us what exactly is that to the degree and without doing technicals, we, we keep it real simple. Kiss over here. <laughs> so share with us to the extent of probate. Let's just touch there and then we'll just delve into, we'll kind of grow into the next uh, sectors of that. So what is probate? Well, probate primarily is, you know, when, when somebody passes, they don't leave a will. They don't leave a living trust. Uh, it's just kind of out there. And of course, then if they don't, it goes to probate court or it goes, pro goes into probate. And probate is very expensive. Mm. And as I try to tell folks, especially today, I always tell them, Sit down with your family and have these conversations. We have to be fiscally responsible for our futures. And the only way you're going to do that is to be able to sit down with your folks and know what the future is going to bring. Um, yes. You've got to have a living trust to avoid probate. You have to have some type of plan. And the kids need to be a part of the plan. It's almost like reverse mortgage. Everybody talks about reverse mortgages, and it's a real dubious product because folks don't understand it. They don't understand it because their mom and dad go out and get one, and the kids are the ones that end up left holding the bag, trying right. to figure out, what do I do? Right. Whether there's a one-year statute of limitation that you have to either refinance or dispose of the property. Then when they give you the first six months, they give you six months to kind of get through it. And then you have to send in a letter and, and notify the lender. And then they may allow you the additional six months, which that's where that one year statute of limitation comes in. Got it. The problem is families normally will grieve for the first six months and not do anything. Then they look up and their back is against the wall and they go, oh, my God. You know, we got to do so with mom's house. Right. Well, it's too late. Now you ended up selling it and you're trying to rush and you sell it for a lower price than prop just to satisfy the loan. Mm -hmm. But you just want to get rid of the frustration. So I try to tell folks, the children and the youth of today need to really play a bigger part in the lives of their parents. And I'll tell you why when I say that. Because when I when I think about what I deal with, with my mother mm -hmm. having dementia and Alzheimer's, I was always a big part of all my grandparents, my parents, regardless of the pecking order, I was always intrinsically involved in their day-to-day -day financial situations. Right. So as I came up, I actually pushed them to make sure everybody had a living trust. I have a living trust. They had a living trust. And it keeps everything smooth. I think the thing that bothers me most is I get tired of going to court and watching family members fighting over mama and daddy's property. Mm. And we talk about losing wealth. The only people that benefit are attorneys. I mean, I love my attorneys. They give me business. It's not, it's nothing, not down in anybody. Right, right. But we need to take care of it up front. So we don't have to be fighting each other in court over no money, little money. So, you know, in this case, years ago, I mean, I was brought into the, I was kind of shuttled into the uh, probate and the state's part of the business. Uh, and I learned about it. I became a professional in it. And I really got, to, I was a study of the business. Yes. Now, it's amazing because everybody and their mother is now a probate specialist. Okay. Or they okay. want to be in the probate arena because uh, real estate people are kind of like gypsies. 
They go from area to area. If the REOs are hot in Lancaster, everybody's trying to set up an office in Lancaster to be an REO specialist. If the REOs are hot in Arizona, they're going to try to move and create an office in Arizona so they can pick up that business. Mm. You shouldn't have to do that if you are a true professional. You just have to learn how to ride the wave and think out of the box and be different along the way so that you can have business that constantly is churning regardless of the climate of the market. Absolutely. And I got, and I got into the probate side of the business because one thing I realized, my business will never die. Pun intended. <laughs> Pun intended. You know, you have shared so much in what you were addressing in terms of structuring your business. Uh, you talk about being unique. I know with it's so funny because as, as I'm thinking about what you said and knowing you and knowing what you've done, I also was thinking about your book on podcasting before podcasting became a thing. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that because I remember when I first connected with you, you were like, here, you know, you gifted me a copy of the book. And I was thinking, oh, okay, this is cool. Had no idea that this is what I'd be doing eight years or how many ever years later. But again, it's talking about being that voice, being the authority, being the educator, but also learning where you are as a professional so that you can bring value to your clients. And as you're talking about, I just want to just say this and uh, we're going to address a question. How easy is it to create a living trust? Um, you do know Butch Grimes is an attorney, so I'll give the disclaimer <laughs> and he'll tell you, too. But knowing that living trust is a non-negotiable, you guys, you have heard it from him. He is in the courts and he is saying that we are losing our wealth just for not planning, not proper planning. So I'm happy that you said that because this is, again, something that that, again, is extensive in terms of this demographic shift this generational shift, which leads us to, um, oh, and I, so I wanted to ask you this before we lead into the shift and, and the shift I'm talking about so that you'll know where we're going with this is the baby boomers, uh, 10,000 turning 65 every day. And then you have more statistics that I like for the listening audience and the viewing audience to hear from you in terms of the, the work um, and what's dear to you. And thank you for sharing that, you know, your mother is, uh, has Alzheimer's and is your, you and your family and really your friends are experiencing that together. Um, what is a partition referee and receiver without going into the technical stuff? <laughs> the joys well, of that. Basically, uh, when there are disputes among co-owners, uh, sometimes they're difficult and they're not resolvable. Okay. I, I give you I'll give you a, a simple matter, and that way people will understand it. Let's say there's a husband and wife. They're feuding. They're in divorce court. They're trying to get through it. They have assets. Maybe they ha they're bifurcating their marriage, meaning that mm -hmm. the financial stuff is still being worked on, but they still have assets. But what happened is, let's say they keep coming to court. They never work it out. The judge gets tired of seeing them anyway. And, the, and they need to bring in somebody that's not a mediator, but more of a intermediary that's going to help them resolve it. But also then uh, the partition is governed by uh, it's, it's governed by a, uh, a, a statute where it requires the court to appoint one or more persons. Got it. So the court can appoint somebody depending on the nature of the business and the powers can vary. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do properties in order of distribution, uh, interests of co-owners. I mean, I've worked on a number of different partition matters where I've had um, sisters and brothers. One wants to buy the other out. They can't really agree. And you're going back, back and forth the court. And because they can't agree, the judge will appoint a referee partition referee like myself. I get paid by the hour um, and, you know, they, they can last 
It could be maybe a month. It could be a year, depending on the severity of the cases. Um, I, have, I have some cases that are that are the people are actually very nice mm. and I can work through it and I have to get them to try to refinance to pay the brother off or the wife is angry and the husband wants the house and we have to work it out and we put it together and then uh, we'll report it to the court and then, uh, at that point we'll, we'll close it out. And it's very similar, they're both similar, the receivership in that case is, is actually very similar to the partition referee because the receiver is still, he's part of a business entity. Uh, he basically helps to restructure, but avoid liquidation while the property is going through this process. Mm. So come in and still run the day-to-day -day business. Like I remember my first receivership was a hundred unit building. Wow. My God, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, wow. I had a, wow, I, had a gang, I had a gang on the top floor mm. who was like No Brown in New Jack City. Mm. We're taking over the entire top floor. Mm. There was some new drugs out of there. There had been two homicides on the property. Oh, I, I had no elevators working. We had seniors in the building. And we had seniors that had to walk the stairs to go up to the sixth floor. Wow. The owner had been collecting rent, but hadn't been doing his job. He hadn't been taking care of anything. So, of course, there was a big court battle. They brought me in as a receiver. And in six months, I turned this building around with working with the police. I had to deal, of course, I was dealing with the gangs, mm -hmm. working with the tenants because they felt like hostages. Right. Six months, we turned the building around. We, we we did some minor cosmetics. We put some new couches in the lobby. It was a beautiful building. It had great potential, and we really brought it out, and we got it back to standard. We got the, the elevator fixed, which was quite an expense, but I was able to get money uh, out of the rent to be able to pay for that. So, you know, over time, when we turn it back over to the court uh, and, and to work it out, everything worked out. But you can get some really funky cases. Right. Uh, but you really have to be prepared. And I think real estate has prepared me because I've gotten a chance to see a number of different scenarios that you don't just get to see on a regular single family. Absolutely. I think and what I'm hearing in terms of that is it extracts you done. I would, at least for me, in terms of what my transactions extract out of me as a person, you then have a great appreciation for certain things in life because you're seeing all kinds of things. You're seeing all kinds of relationships that go awry or just go left over not proper planning, over money, over a state. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm so glad that you explained it that way in terms of the partition, because in my mind, I have always equated it with divorces. I didn't really think about it in terms of like siblings and family. I had always equated it with you're the guy they bring in to kind of divvy up the assets when the husband and wife can get along. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, because they can be it could be a breach of a lease. It could be from an accounting standpoint. Oh, wow. Judiciary duty. Right. That's why they bring us in because we're kind of that now that middle person who takes it away and, and the and the judge basically said, handle this, bring it back, you know, work it out, let's make it happen. Because people people today tend to sometimes be slick. They mm. will play the system, they will <laughs> keep it in the court, they'll keep things moving, uh filing motions after motions after motions which is time and money for everybody so i mean for me i get paid by the hour right so but i don't want to just go to court and i'm not trying to i'm not trying to stretch anybody's hours out i'm trying to resolve the problem so i kind of look at it like this i'm the person i'm a problem solver you got two problems and you got me in the middle as the problem solver 
And I'm basically just trying to bring these people together and the minds together to make it happen. And it's the same thing I tell real estate professionals every day. We are not real estate agents and brokers. We're problem solvers. Mm -hmm. Without a problem, we wouldn't be in business. And that is so perfect because one, I don't know if you've heard me use this line. One of my quotes, it's actually a little tag I have on my business card that says every life event triggers a real estate need. Um, and it's similar to what you do. Job loss, death, marriage, divorce, new baby, job relocation. Everyone is having a life event that is triggering, albeit I need a new rent, I need to rent buy, I need to do something that is tied to real estate. And you're right. As one of my, my interns that I've had, and you, you got to meet, shout out to Sean Reynolds, who completed a six-week internship program with us. Um, he was really excited about that. But one of the things that he asked me was, when the market, he's like, but doesn't the market, like, it, it, it turns, it tanks, or, you know, what happens? What happens to you when that happens? And I said, well... We are already putting things in place because we know as professionals that real estate is cyclical. And I said, and as long as people are having life events, we we have a business. And it's like what you're saying. <laughs> know what your role is in the industry rather than, like you said, being a gypsy and trying to follow the next latest, the next fad, the next trend and the next wave. So, I mean, that that's gold for me. I'm winning. I, I don't know if you guys are winning. We're on with Butch Grimes, seasoned real estate broker of more than, we're at 35 years plus and counting of real estate in this experience in this industry, has done tremendous things, all from community work, very involved with creating grants and programs to help homeownership, advocacy, uh, real estate, uh, the literacy aspect, because he is the real estate educator. So we're getting a snippet of his brain right now. <laughs> um, and I'm really excited about that. So I wanted to ask, what's new? So what's new with you? Um, I, I wanted to touch on the L for Alzheimer's in which we started a couple years ago. And now you have grown, uh, you continue to grow in that. And I, you had this recent feature on the radio. There has been some awards and recognitions for the work that you're doing. Please shed some light in terms of Alzheimer's and dementia as it impacts, I think, importantly, underrepresented, underserved communities, because I think that's where your voice has been. Am, am I correct? Yeah, that's okay. true. That's true. Well, most people don't, you know, I, I don't know how much of your audience really understands Alzheimer's. They're going to learn today. They're going to learn today. <laughs> in the, in, actually, in the um, it appeared in the mid '60s, where um, you know Alzheimer's kind of got a name. But you know, back in the day when we were growing up, mm -hmm. you know, you would look at your family members and somebody said, "Oh, that's Uncle Jim. You know, he's just crazy." Mm -hmm. Or oh, that's Aunt So and So, and she was always in the back room. Well, they kept them at kept their family members at home. Uh, now, you know, over 5 million people, probably more, probably 6 million people are suffering from Alzheimer's. And, it's, and Alzheimer's is basically a, an irreversible progressive brain disorder. It's a memory loss. Yeah. You know, short-term memory. Uh, you still have a long-term memory. I think about my mother when I describe it. Yes. My mother can, my mother can tell you stuff that happened to her when she was young. But she couldn't remember anything that happened yesterday. Now, I look at that and I go, damn, let me think about this because I can't remember what happened yesterday either. Mm. But, <laughs> but, but I'm using it as a joke, but it, it's really not because Alzheimer's has really hit us hard. Yeah. And it is the only disease that is actually on an increase. Mm, wow. Cancer, AIDS, I mean, cancer, HIV, uh, and so, uh, uh, heart disease, and so on, they're on a decline. Alzheimer's is going through the roof. And one of the things about Alzheimer's is that it is very expensive. Mm. It's expensive. 
because in, in many ways, not just from a financial standpoint, but from a psychological and emotional, yes. it wears people and families down. It breaks families. It bankrupts families. Mm. Because when you're talking about your loved one who you care about, who took the time to rear you and give you that best life that they had, to all of a sudden you see them now as a child. Mm-hmm. Because we reverse role. Right. You are no longer the, the child. Your mom or your dad now is the child, and you are now the adult. And we have to make decisions for them. And so, you know, the disease is growing. Uh, I was caught off guard mm-hmm. because I didn't recognize it. I didn't know anything about it. Wow. And as I looked into it, I realized that Houston, we have a problem. And uh, mm. so as I've stepped up, it's been it's been a journey. Yeah, it's been a daunting task for my family. But fortunately, because I have a wonderful brother who is very supportive of me um, and who has really been a great part to helping me to make decisions, to also provide for my mom. You know, we've given my mom a great life in this life, wherever she's at. And we're also able to survive ourselves because the caretakers sometimes are the first to go. Right. They- <laughs> right. Shout out to Tony. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, to Tony. He's been yeah, a- shout out to Tony, definitely. And one of the things that I, you did a blog and I commended you for sharing and expressing just kind of what the journey has been. And I thought it was very interesting because your mom has two sons. It's not this dynamic of a mother daughter when we're talking about the role reversal of caretaking. And one of the things that you had shared light on was as a, as a man, as a male, and now doing the role reversal and caretaking your mom, who's a woman, and just kind of the dichotomy with Cummings with, with that, you know, in terms of the bathing and the dressing. That for me was a very transparent and a moving moment. And it really, I think, brought it home to me. You know, I have family that special needs. And when my uncle, um, as, as growing up as a child, just kind of some of the caretaking with someone who's special needs and of the opposite sex. Can you hear me still? Uh-oh. I can hear you. I don't see you. <laughs> Uh-oh. Did you lose me here? Are we still on? I just want to double check. Um, I think, uh, let me, so let me do this. I just want to double check, but I do think I'm just double checking. Yeah, I think we're still good. You? Are we good? Okay. So he says we're still good. I still see you in my camera. Can you see me? Yeah, I can still see you. Okay, but I can't hear you or see you. Uh oh. Okay, so let me do this. We're going to do this real quick. I'm going to do that. And, and I'm going to bring him back. Can you hear me now? We're still, we're still on. So you still look great. You're still on camera. Hugh, would you give him a thumbs up just so that he knows? <laughs> Hugh's like watching us. Hugh, he's our, he's been our tech guy right now, just making sure things run smoothly. Right. Yeah. So, can you still see me? Because Butch, I can still see you, and we can still hear you. I can't see you, but I can hear you. Okay, cool. I can't hear you, but I can hear you. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, cool. So we're going to actually use this moment because we've touched on a lot, and um, we're coming to about that time. And as we were talking about just your transparency and sharing with people the journey of Alzheimer's and dementia and how that's impacting your family and using that as a mission to educate and empower people uh, across 
our local communities and just even growing beyond that has been tremendous. And it's really nice to see those in our industry using what we're passionate about as our purpose. I, I, I've been using the hashtag realtors on purpose or realtors with purpose. So, and he's just like leaving. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna need you to just repeat that one more time. That way I can, I can answer the question. No, no, no worries, you're fine actually. I was just giving a nice summary synopsis and commending you for the work that you've been doing. So can you hear me now? Because I'm going to actually ask you to give any. No, I, I, I was trying to, I was trying to create where I can hear you, but. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he, okay. he, that now, was huge. Let's try it one more time. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love it. That that was huge. Trying to make sure we were we were good. So. Uh, just gave a quick summary, Realtors on Purpose, uh, just that was really awesome. I was commending just kind of the work and taking what has impacted you and to make it a message and make it a purpose for the communities and people that you um, have been able to reach in your tribe. And, you know, we're rooting you on that that there's more awareness and, and this movement and the organization grows for who's going to take care of me. I've been plugging that on. So for those of you who wanted to learn more, who's going to take care of me.com exactly how it sounds, Butch, best place for people to learn or get connected with you. Um, I was using butchgrimes.com Cause I know, I mean, you've got radio, you've got, you know, on demand TV network and all kinds of fun stuff. So best place for people to learn more about you. Well, who's going to take care of me.com uh, is, is our, uh, is our site for, there you go for the, um, for the Alzheimer's uh, program, but I'll give you a, uh, I'll give you a little hint. Uh, we are going to. I've been working on a network called We Talk Two Four Seven for probably over two years. Mm -hmm. There and uh, just to kind of let the cat out of the bag, we also now have a Roku channel. Ah, that, um, nice. That is. All called is we talk two four seven, and we will feature a number of topics, not just Alzheimer's. Uh, Lisa, we'll probably ask to see if you would like to have your own channel on our Roku channel. But we've already created it, and I'm really excited because Alzheimer's is so big, and the information is so needed, and really we're still not talking about it. And wow. That's why I wanted to create something that I could be a a vessel for information to be able to reach out and cast a bigger net to get a bigger catch for more people to be able to find out and learn, educate themselves and be able to also take some of the tension off themselves and their family in the struggle of trying to maintain and take care of a loved one. Taking care of a loved one is very, very difficult and uh, it's expensive. And that's what I, I try to instill in folks to get ready for is that you may end up looking up and your loved one is going to need 24 hour care or your loved one's going to need to make sure that they're housed somewhere that even though we say, oh, I'm not going to put my, my mother in a facility. Or I'm not going to do this. Well, you know what? I said the same thing, mm. but I realized one thing that one person cannot take care of a person with Alzheimer's 24 hours a day because you have to have a break. Mm. You have to at least have three people, eight hour shifts to maintain, or you're gonna bring in two people or whatever. It's up to you, but you need to be able to separate yourself for a moment to regroup, re-energize and come back and jump in, you know, with a good clear mind. So um, who's going to take care of me is a resource. Uh, we have a new show coming out on our network and on who's going to take care of me called the journey. Mm. Uh, it's called the journey and I'm very excited about it. Good. And, um, this show is going to be, uh, about, we're going to bring on guests and resources on how to help families get through this tragic, tragic six leading disease right 
That is so, it's right. So needed, so needed. And we commend you for doing this work and taking it on because I know it's not easy along with running your own business. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it, it also speaks volumes in terms of when you reach a level of uh, personal success or uh, whatever that personal definition is for you, I think I like to implore upon people to make sure we're integrating a give back, a social good, uh, because it's it's really, we're all interconnected and that's the space I come from. Any last remarks as we get ready to wrap this up? Believe it or not, the time has really gone by so quickly, but this was so much fun. And I'm so glad that we finally got to do this because we joke offline and now we get to kind of use our platforms to just share and get connected with people. Any last real estate gems or anything you wanted to share with our listening audience? Well, I think the one gem I would want to place to everybody out there is think differently, live your life because everybody else's life is taken. Mm. I mean, be who you are and really think out of the box. I know that's a cliche everybody uses, but think differently, especially if you're in real estate or you, you're in our business and you're really trying to grow your business. I think the key is be different. When everybody else goes right, Go left. <laughs> Nobody was over there but me. When I was over there, I could see it was like big pastures of opportunity. Whereas everybody over here was like, let me follow the pack. And I'm going to be in this pack. But don't be in that pack. Right. This is like I was saying earlier, Lisa, you know, when now in the real estate world, everybody wants to be a probate specialist. Mm. Well, unfortunately, the Bar Association has not created a designation for real estate people that says they're probate specialists. So I'm trying to figure out who in the hell designated them. The point is, be different, be honest, be truthful, be trustworthy, and the riches will come. That byproduct will come with those things. Amazing, you guys. I anticipate that I will see you next week for another powerful, phenomenal impact show of Ready, Set, Real Estate. Butch, thank you. We really appreciate you. Peace.